that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> also probably, this is not happiness. This is not <laughs> happiness. I would not claim this is to be happiness is the emotion, but one of my favorite feelings is like, the feeling of cathartically screaming music oh. and like oh. being in a room like Relatable. that is the, I don't want to be in the room, but I, but I like to watch it on a video or YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do it. Don't want to be in the room. That, that That's, that's too much for me. everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I am Macy. Welcome to episode number 58? I think it's 58. I think it's 58. So, okay. Wow, we I'll don't even know our own. 55. This. And then... <laughs> oh, jeez. Maybe I'll It is 58. It is 58. 58. Okay. okay, I got it. Last week was 57. What is the... <gasps> Drum roll. What is the title? <laughs> Here it comes. A real big one this time. <laughs> Emotions. This is a big one for you. This is. A I mean, big it's big for me, for me too. But you really for are so long pumped about this. I am. Yeah. A night where I can talk about emotions and it's like, ooh, I get to talk about all the emotions mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Macy's an Enneagram Four. This they is true. Like emotions. <laughs> I do. They like thinking about emotions and feeling emotions, and this is a nice, juicy. Topic. It is a nice, ju- juicy topic. You'll probably hear me s- in this episode talk about how important emotions are and then also talk about how indulgent I am and how slightly mm-hmm. unhealthy that mm-hmm. might be. So, And this is the thing about Enneagram. We all have something to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And fours probably have that to teach us. And sometimes it comes at a cost to the four. That might, Yeah, that's yeah. probably true. But, but you... You do generally have a little bit of a easier time feeling and thinking about and expressing your emotions. Yes, mm-hmm. probably than the average person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can learn from that. Emo, folks. Emo. So before we get started, we're going to do something we haven't done in a while. And so bear with us. And if this sounds terrible to you, if this sounds excruciating, try to skip ahead. But basically, we're going to read a few reviews and we're going to talk about the status of our podcast. We're going to do it in less than five minutes. So... Hopefully it's not too boring. Maybe you're interested. Just a little in no small thing we're update. We're yeah. going to say thank you. And we're going to also say, look at this interesting review that wasn't very flattering, but <laughs> maybe interesting. Yeah. So yeah, should we read that one first? We've been getting, since we've checked in about reviews, we've gotten several. We're mm-hmm. only going to read two, I think. Macy has them pulled up right now. One is a slightly negative review, mm-hmm. two star. And then one is a positive review that we really like. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been getting some really helpful reviews lately that mm-hmm. kind of have helped remind us and solidify the kind of audience we are cultivating. Yes. yes. So the thank you to everyone who has reviewed. Yeah. The reviews are helpful just to help our podcast. But if it... If, also, if they're really encouraging. We like them. <laughs> if, that, if, if that's a nice thing to hear, we... We don't gloss over it. We don't go, we don't skim a review. I sort of uh, cherish Mm -hmm. a review. Okay. So the two star one recently, I think was very true to our podcast. It said, what's the point? Ramblings that go nowhere. They keep circling and circling. I kept listening and waiting. Never landed the plane. Seemingly nice people, but it's not for me. 
never landed the plane. Now, also, it's interesting that those words, and I, I would actually, if you would be willing, it'd be interesting to read it again. Yep. Just, but, but let me just say something first. Read it now, and then as your listening audience, <laughs> hear, hear it. This is meant to be a two-star review with a little bit of a, you know, for lack of a better phrase, some critical feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, some and and, um, and also maybe a slight warning to anybody that's wanting to check this out. Like, yeah, hey, I think just good... so you know, they never land the plane. Now, having said that, listen to this review as a compliment, because I should I read it like that? Well, sure, <laughs> sure, but just 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 read it, read it, it, read it with the what? What if what if this had been premised with getting a five star review and then they said this, like, isn't this great that they never landed oh, that's the plane? Fascinating to just think about because I because. What he says is true, and what he says is what we're trying to do, in my opinion. So, yeah, well, yeah, and didn't someone recently, when we told them this, say well, we're not trying to land the plane? It's the plane ride. It's the plane ride. Yeah, <laughs> somebody did say that. That was great. Okay, so ramblings that go nowhere. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they keep circling and circling, and I kept listening and waiting. Never landed the plane. Yep. Seemingly nice people, but it's not for me. <laughs> that part. That we last part in. can't fit. But the rest can be a compliment. It could be. That's. Yeah. I didn't think about that. This was so great. They circle and circle <laughs> around. They they ramble. They talk. They chat. Plane never gets landed. Yeah. <laughs> well, because that's part of this. So whole helpful thing. that they didn't come to a solid conclusion because it <laughs> let me figure out my own opinion on the topic and it and it sparked some curiosity. <laughs> Glad they didn't land that plane. Snaps I was worried that. that they were. Snaps to that. Okay. <laughs> um, do you want to read this one? Sure. Macy's handing me the phone. Okay. This one is from. Uh, this one is called Relatable, and it's from I think Raging Star. Okay. Five star review, everybody. Thank you, Raging Star. And here it goes. Maybe it's because I identify as a four with a hard five wing, but I feel like Macy and Scott get me. They pose hard questions to each other that my brain loves. To hear Macy talk about themselves as a four, was so helpful and relatable. And Scott's description of facing the emotions of others and noting his first instinct is to run far, far away felt spot on. I've always felt separate, whether that is my own doing or is only perceived. But mm-hmm. this podcast makes me feel less alone out here in the world. Goals. Goals. <laughs> Goals which we've accomplished. <laughs> that just feels nice. Also, podcasts have done that for me. Mm-hmm. So that's what we, I would hope for a podcast. So... Thank you, Raging Star. We love you. And we love all those who have given us. So having said that, some here comes a little request. If you're a listener, could you please, <laughs> and thank you, <laughs> write us a review. We would really appreciate it. It helps grow the podcast. Helps spread it. Helps spread it. Um, it is encouraging to us to know what's working and what isn't. Maybe, maybe you want to give us a four star and say we love you. Great podcast. Just tweak this little thing. Mm-hmm. We'll we take them to it. heart. We take yeah. them to heart. Um, also, it is very helpful if you post about us on your social media or spread the word or tell a friend. Very easy. But what I'm what I'm learning and understanding is is we can post on Instagram and we can try to spread the word through our posters and stuff like that. But um, it seems as if the common wisdom is that podcasts spread through word of mouth. Yeah. So it's, you, it's even more important than probably the rating review. I'm not entirely sure, but mm-hmm. if you tell people about us, that's very helpful. And I'm sure your social media is a great platform if you have social media. Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Please All right. you. We yeah. love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else? Oh, we're on Patreon. Patreon.com slash no small thing. Yeah. Check uh, it out. We've got some content on there. If you're listening to a podcast, I'm pretty sure at this point you know what Patreon is. So I'm not going to go through a big explanation. Yeah, no. <gasps> okay. There it is. 
a quick five minute, less than five minutes, we're gonna, emotions we're tell intro. You what we're about to talk about tonight. Okay. Yes. So emotions, big topic. Love emotions. Get ready for a curious rambly, non-landing the plane, real-time conversation. It's not rehearsed. Yeah. Wouldn't it be so sad if we rehearsed <laughs> this conversation and it was just scripted and we were acting like we were having a candid conversation? <laughs> that would be inc- so much amounts of work. Yeah. Um, not very fun. A little preface for this. I haven't done very much like research in terms of like scientific thoughts on emotions or not even necessarily like psychological thoughts on emotions. Probably the most deep divey mm. research I've gone this week is just like internal, like looking oh internal at my own emotions, <laughs> you know? That, that, <laughs> that is a real true difference. Because <laughs> I was reading as much as I could, which didn't lead me to any like thing that I'm exactly wanting to share, but it helped get my head around some things. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to a bunch of podcasts read several chapters of several different books, but I'm probably not even going to talk about that much, but it may come up organically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I sat and like reflected on emotions. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I just think picture that everyone picture Macy sitting and thinking about their emotions, (laughs) (laughs) just sitting out on the porch. That's me. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to be talking about emotions. That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's just say what we're going to try to do is we're going to talk about our emotional journeys, our, our, our emotions journey. Mm-hmm. Our, our, from, from, a, from a little bit early on in life, childhood to now, mm-hmm. what has our relationship been like with emotions? We're mm-hmm. not going to get too into detail, but I think it might be interesting. Yeah. And again, hopefully as you're listening, we'll get you in touch with your emotional journey. Um, but like I said, real conversation, I'm going to sit here and listen to Macy. Don't know what they're about to say. I don't know what I'm about to say yeah. either. <laughs> uh, I, and then we're going to talk about emotions and ourselves. What does that mean? <laughs> our own relationship with our emotions. I mean, that will probably come out in the journey, but this is more of a, a personal, okay. how's it going now? Mm-hmm. Time yep. with our emotions. Check in. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about emotions and relationships. That might be the, that's a great finale. I don't it, know if it's the best, but. All of this is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. All of these are topics I could go off yeah. on. Okay. I will say this too. In yeah. terms of landing the plane, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's just say this is like what I'm about to say, and and we'll see what you have to say about this. Okay. What I'm about to say is like one of those movies where the ending happens first, and then you go back and watch how they got there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. it happens in a movie. So this is the end, landing the plane, and then we're going to talk about what this is all about. Ooh. <laughs> the landing the plane. And here it is. If you wanted something solid and non-rambly, emotions are very important. And we yes. live in a society that neglects and ignores and shames emotions. And it's problematic and it's not good. And it causes harm. It causes harm in relationships. It causes harm in our own personal selves. It's not a good thing. And we need a better relationship with our emotions. All right, just landed the plane. We, we circled and circled and there's the conclusion. <laughs> we did it. Turn off the podcast if you're the type of person that wanted a landed plane. Yeah. Yeah. You can't deny them. You cannot be emotionless. It's yeah. impossible to separate self from emotions. Mm-hmm. So why not accept them, real. be in touch with them? We're already always being emotional. Yeah. Susan okay. David is somebody we'll reference tonight. And she wrote a book called Emotional Agility. We watched a TED Talk before we started tonight just to get in the mood. And, and uh, I listened to her on several podcasts this week, and I have her book. Um, but one of the things she says is discomfort is the price of admission for a fulfilling life. 
Discomfort is the price of admission. So if we're running away from discomfort, we're running away from our humanity, so to speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but discomfort meaning like uncomfortable emotions. So if you're a person that doesn't like to feel sad and you're constantly avoiding situations that may make you feel sad or constantly avoiding situations where you may feel confused or disoriented or angry, yeah. you're missing out on part of what it means to be human, I think. How's mm-hmm. that for landing the point? Doing, doing pretty good. Mo- mostly trying to sound playful and funny, <laughs> not defensive. How's that for landing the plane? <laughs> um, so there it is. Okay, so when we so come back, about. you will hear our emotional dress. Okay. <clears throat> We're back. We're going to start with our emotional journeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Macy is a person who, growing up... I can just say my... I can start my own emotional journey. Start your emotional journey, please, Macy Mooney. So, um... Whew. Uh, I... <laughs> I grew up... I don't know. I don't know how to... Orangeville. Or, no. <laughs> Orange. I didn't grow up in Orangeville. I grew up in Gold River. Oh, um, what, 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 what was the what was Orange? That was my soccer team. What's it called again? Orangeville. Oh, it was called Orangeville. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I grew up. I feel like this is slightly helpful in understanding some emotions. I grew up in like a mixed family. Parents both came from different marriages. Ooh. Just like to give some context Important. of who I am and how I was mm-hmm. in my home. Um. I, my parents both, so my parents both had previous marriages. My mom had two kids from her marriage. My dad had one kid from his marriage. Brother, brother and sister. They all lived. You're the youngest. I'm the youngest. So I'm my parents' only kid. So I'm both a youngest sibling and kind of an only child. Wow. What an interesting, unique, well, makes, maybe makes you feel good. Unique. (laughs) Maybe makes you feel good. Nobody like you. Um, (laughs) and thinking back to my younger child years it's well first of all it's kind of hard to get back to your super child itself but i was a very sensitive child Mm -hmm. like very like my older brothers would probably say that i was like a baby in a lot of ways like like a five-year-old walking around acting like a baby kind of or like like you would get feelings hurt mm-hmm. um, pretty easily. And then was at if the same. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time and don't understand the Enneagram, <laughs> sorry, because we're not explaining it anymore. It wastes time, but we will say Enneagram four. So keep that in mind. Yeah. 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 Um, for Macy. For me. And if I am going like in this like four path, yeah, I felt like this weird role of being both part of the family and yeah i'm like an interesting like i'm a weird yeah and in our enneagram research we don't quite know we don't have an answer and i don't think anybody really does in terms of like the definitive moment where the ego starts to emerge or if it's nature nurture i know based on what i see in the world and observe i think 
I, I, I kind of think we come out a certain way. No, I think I think the general, like if you were to pool most Enneagram like people, mm-hmm. scholarly, experty mm-hmm. people, most would say it's just you're born into your number. Yeah, it's like your natural temperament. Yeah. And then yeah. You, the world probably exacerbates it. Mm-hmm. And you start exactly. to get that strong ego going, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, so I think from a young age, I felt very, like I was a crier and I was sensitive. Mm -hmm. And I felt... We got a crier here, folks. Very, probably both overwhelmed by that, but also didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Like I have a lot of memories of feeling like I don't know how to not cry in this situation. Like (sighs) I don't know how to not feel what I'm feeling in this situation. And I like wanted to not have to, or like felt like I shouldn't, but it was like, I I literally like the task of not feeling in this situation is seems impossible. Like it seems like an impossible thing Uh, to do. Are we talking about like the daily, (sighs) the daily negotiations of a family uh, being a sibling, yeah, being maybe a, it's just like ta- I'm trying to picture like when it, where are the emotions happening? Are they happening in the house? It's like fear of going to a soccer game. Oh yeah, I'm or scared. Like, I don't want to go. Why do I have to? Oh, I'm crying now. Look, she's emotional. Yeah, they're emotional. Uh, in the house, soccer. Yeah. So I okay. This is always something I have to preface. I was also happy. And emotion right. is a hap like I was also a very happy kids at times. Emotional. Emotional doesn't mean that's that's one of the things we want to say tonight. Emotional yeah. doesn't mean angry and sad. Emotional means all the emotions. Yeah, yeah. I just think that the ones that probably stood out and seemed to cause the most grief. Oh, be- was, people don't like the bad emotions. Yeah, yeah. Um I know, and I think a lot of people, this is like this is like a lot of people's so like society messages, mm-hmm. also family. Like I think at times emotions were seen as some kind of obstacle that needed to be overcome. Mm-hmm. Like, like I needed to build some kind of like resilience to not be sad, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I was also sad, but I was also an anxious little baby. So like <laughs> <laughs> my primary emotion was probably fear for a lot of seasons in my life. But I want to clarify, you're saying that as a figure of speech. You're not saying a, a, an anxious little one-year-old. You're saying no. you, could, you could still be called an anxious little baby. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I so could. We're talking about eight-year-old Macy being a slightly anxious little baby. Yeah. And okay, <laughs> this is just, this whole thing is going to be scattered, everybody. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, how, how, do you, how do you encapsulate 24 years of emotions in 10 minutes? True. You got 10 minutes. <laughs> um, I think as I look back at my life, and because I have been just reflecting on my own emotions Staring off on the porch <laughs> as it's raining outside, <laughs> thinking about emotions, not researching, feeling, sensing, thinking, processing. That is researching. Yeah. <laughs> um, researching yourself. So um, as I've been thinking about, it's interesting that I can sometimes see like patterns in my life of like going through seasons of like, honestly, anxiety seems like something where I've gone yeah. through like seasons of like a year of being really anxious. Like one thing will do it and then it like sets me into this spiral. So like for a year? There's seasons. That's unique. So that's what I'm saying about people resonating. Doesn't resonate with me, but I think some people listen and be like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, 
I can think back to just like lots of different like things that became these like huge anxious obstacles. Hmm. Um, that was probably one of the driving emotions in my life was just like anxiety. fear and anxiety. Mm. Um, I've and experienced I have, it with you, obviously. I have like per, some of the more dominant memories in my mind are like things like being petrified to do my piano recital and not being able to do it. And then like the next time having to go, having like a complete and total emotional meltdown when I was like in fifth grade. Like, could not do it. Um, like, overwhelmed. It was a very uh, overcoming situation. Um, and then from... Can I just say, one, one thing I think is going to come into play in this conversation is four wing five for Macy, five wing four for Scott, but both, in theory, INFPs. Mm-hmm. Some big similarities. And I wasn't going to bring this up, and I don't feel like I am going to bring it up, so I just want to bring it up here, but like, I also had a very, very complicated relationship with piano recitals. Really? Yes. Very. Oh, it was like one of the biggest things in my life. Yeah. And I would get up there finally and um, just be so flooded with emotions and anxiety that it would be hard for me to play my piece. I, well, do you want me to say? Please, please. This this feels like one of the most significant days and moments of my life. Some types of people have a hard time with piano recitals, everybody, but let's hear it, Macy. It was the day before going into fourth grade, which fourth grade, heading into fourth grade was the, probably one of the most anxious seasons of my life. Mm. One of my friends told me my teacher was mean. Uh I was terrified, like terrified that I was going to disappoint. I don't know. Like all of these things. So it was the day before that, and I had a piano recital, and they called my name, and I just sat there, and I looked at my mom, and I was like, mm like, I cannot, and I was just like frozen, hmm. frozen, and then at the end, they relatable. called my name again, and so I was like, My mom would try to massage my hands, and my <laughs> hands would be drenched in sweat, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That is so fascinating. Yeah. Um, and then you have to go up. I didn't. No, didn't I didn't. Go up. I refused. Ooh. I couldn't. I couldn't. I What's was the like, reaction? What's the reaction from your parents? Um, I think disappointed? my mom was no. I don't think disappointed. My dad was out of town. Okay, your mom's um, kind of like I what, couldn't. Is, maybe a little overwhelmed, a little confused. Probably. I came home and like sobbed. Like oh. was really upset. Like felt so bad. Um, and then people came over and I like played the piece for the people that were over. So there was some like mm. sweet like you know, like kind of redeeming it. Um, but then that night I was like, that was like an, like I had a lot of times not being able to sleep as a kid. And that was a night that was like extremely hard, like extremely hard. And then fourth grade was the next day. Oh. And it, it was terrible. I raised my hand in class. A series and was like, of unfortunate I'm sick. events. I was like, I'm sick. And the teacher was like, you can go get water. And I was like, I need to run away from school right now. Oh, oh, it's making me feel anxious just hearing it. Um, So from that season on, I like needed my mom to be a chaperone on every trip. Like couldn't do things on my own. Mm. Couldn't spend the night at people's houses. Like this is the journey. (laughs) Holy! I don't know. Was this about emotions? Yeah. But like this is fear has been probably the driving emotion in a lot of ways for like that season. And then I like 
got over it in a lot of ways. Like middle school, something switched. I went to camp. Oh, good. So glad you got over it. I had some like kind of like dip out of the anxious season. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, what, I mean, if we were going for a long introspective know, Macy episode, it'd be interesting to think what was going on there. <sighs> oh, I don't even Not know. I clung. Search, I clung to search deep. You were in bows at the time on your sleeves. No, I clung to <laughs> no. like, no, that time on probably. Well, I thrived in middle school. It's weird. Nobody really does. Middle school's my prime years. And then I kind of like conformed you for like a solid five years. Ah, uh, so smooth um, sailing with some confirmation. I think, yeah, conforming. it was almost like some stability vibes yeah. um, to conform. But I think a lot of self-denial... Anyways, emotions, <laughs> my emotional journey. <laughs> I don't. Did you sum it up? Did you get it? Did you get everything in there? <laughs> no, because. I, I will say, let me ask a few questions here. Yeah. Unless am I cutting you off? Do you want to say something? Am I cutting you off? No, no. I think maybe I would just also say that, like, I went through that season of fear and then, like, that came back. I've had, like, other seasons of really similar, but like because of was your there a moment where you kind of was it like high school college where it came back? Oh, it was probably. I mean, I went to a school. We had like a school shooting. That was probably like hmm. one of the bigger like traumas that like resurfaced a lot. My freshman year, the last like two days of my freshman year, and that. In terms of like sixth grade to freshman year of college, that's the first time you remember that really coming back full swing. Um, that, it wasn't way. like in that moment, but it was like, like yeah, like the slowly aftermath. coming back. Yeah. Gosh, um, I mean that is a whole thing too. That holy smokes! I mean that that'd be really worth delving into someday in terms of this podcast and its mission, like providing a space where we could un- unpack some stories. Yeah. Like provide a space for people to tell stories. I don't know. Maybe now we're getting too emo. For <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think that that was significant. And then just other things happened. Like my college years, like a lot of like shit happened. Like mm-hmm. I think I experienced quite a bit of trauma. One of my best, like someone from my school and like one of my best friends, best friends died. And, like, there was just a lot of death in my you class at You were also changing SPO. a lot. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of things, and um, I was feeling all of my emotions. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, oh, I don't know, it turns on an emotional journey. I, like, went through a really big season, probably from sophomore year to post-college of, like, consistently managing and probably not healthily managing anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had, like, emotions have always been a part of my life, but I think in that season I had to, like, get a lot of help mm-hmm. because my emotions were, like, too much. So I did a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, which helped me a ton in terms of, like, tools to work with my emotions because, I don't, Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm getting I, so emo thinking of this. That's good. I, I mean, in terms of what you're willing to do, I mean, in, in your vulnerability and honesty, but what we're trying to offer people is a 
sort of fun, lighthearted, whimsical conversation, but also absolutely, absolutely a more serious, helpful, I mean, landing the plane, whatever that means. But honestly, your experience and knowing that you ended up going to therapy and both of us have benefited from therapy. Yeah. And to, and to say to an audience, you're not alone. Getting help is important. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we're about. Yeah. We're about yeah. I think on my journey, like when I was younger, I didn't have tools and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, um, I didn't even have the language to express it and I didn't know that it was okay. Um, and I think a lot of that was also internal messaging I was giving myself. Like, I was telling myself it wasn't okay. Um, but that just caught up to me. Like, by the time I was 20, like, it was undeniable that I was, like, emotions were so much a part of me. And I, like, have to face them, you know? And I have to be okay with them because, like, they are... They're how they are like the way I probably interact most often with the world. Um, And that's always been the way it is. Um, But I've had, there's just seasons where some emotions are more dominant than others, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's one of the questions I'd have is thinking back, like not going too hard on a, a second emotional journey, but I feel like you scrubbed out the happiness. Oh. No, like what 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 growing up and what currently I mean we're gonna do our current <laughs> state of emotions. I know, I really went dark. That's fine. I went so no, no, I, I, I do think that's typically what the listener would be expecting too when we say emotions, which is I the know. interesting thing. But what what caused you sort of fulfillment and happiness and joy growing up? Like what was Macy in happiness? What did that look like? Um probably a lot of like carefree passion. Hmm. Like me being happy is like usually I don't I'm not happy lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, I like that. I like that. That's a quote. If I am feeling good, I'm feeling like really good mm-hmm. usually. Um, so when I'm feeling like empowered and passionate about something, that evokes like big happy vibes in me. Um, what is something growing up that would have gotten that those juices going? <laughs> I mean, like as a kid, anything would have been like any school subject, yeah, any oh, like sport. Subject. No, like literally, it could be anything yeah. that like would get me if Being I was with your friends, soccer. Yeah, I mean, for sure, soccer was huge. My team, team vibes, but like legitimately, most I loved being a student. Loved school, loved That's the five wing, right loved, there. loved learning. So like mm-hmm. that would get me like very pumped up. Mm-hmm. But then also like I was very like involved in lots of things and like, like plugged into being a leader kind of person. If that makes sense. <laughs> it does <laughs> um, make sense. So that would get me riled up. And then also, gosh, as soon as, as soon as I went to this, mega evangelical Christian camp. That was like the thing that I directed a lot of my passion towards the camp. Macy spent a lot of church. time camp Spalding. We're not calling it out. It's fine. It's a good thing, but it, camp Hume Lake. Oh, camp Spalding. Gosh. <laughs> camp Hume Lake. Yeah. Um, big yeah. deal. Big, big deal for you. It was. Yeah. That was like one of the most formative things for me. And that was like 
if that was probably the thing from middle school to high school that fired me up the most, that would give me the most happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think in general, I, I would look back at my life and say in general, I'm relatively usually satisfied and happy. Like, to, well, I guess we're not getting to today. Our current so, state of our current r- relationship with our emotions. Yeah, we're not getting to that. But don't you dare. Like in college, in college, it was 100% classes. Like, oh, happiness, going to class. Going to class, wow. coming back, sharing what I learned with my friends. Wow. That is subjecting them all to me popping off about some something. I about that. Um, that, that seems to be a, a social four with a five wing vibe right there. You know? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine me? I'm a five, but I did not love going to class. Did not oh, love it. Oh, oh. Did not feel happy. Loved it. Loved it. Loved reading. Working on a project, like nope. working on a really big, long project, turning it yeah, in. And you have a reputation for doing that. Well, don't like that either. <laughs> don't like any, anything that I have to show that I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, that'll get me going and pretty happy. Um, hmm. I also think. You, you really do like, you really do. And we share a similar thing with this. You really do like weird things. Mm-hmm. You do like humor, humor. I mean, that's not so funny. All, all people like humor in their own way, but right. like you really do love a sort of, um, offbeat, weird, strange humor, <laughs> you know, that will get you going. If somebody's <laughs> doing something weird, you know, <laughs> it's probably true. I don't know yeah. what that would, what an example would be, but well, I your like housemates and Reuven in particular. Oh, he does get me laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Is that an emotional journey? That was very scattered. You did it. I did it. That's your complete. I didn't. I didn't at all talk about anger, and I could briefly touch on it. Do it. Okay. Please. Well, I mean, I just ordered you around. I I I meant I meant like please do it. Um. I think anger is also an emotion that I probably underminingly feel a lot. Mm. Feel a lot of anger towards myself. Mm. I think. Mm. Um. And I've. That's unique. I don't know what you're talking about. I usually, in a situation when I feel angry about something, I have a tendency, and I've always had a tendency to do this, is to like convince myself and make myself feel that I'm the one who's done it and I'm the one who should be. Like, I'll direct the anger towards myself instead of at what it is. Oh. Um, And I think for a long time, I've like been like, I'm not angry. I'm not an angry person. But I think it's because I don't show outward anger often. Although I can get ranting and get like mad and I've get like going. I've seen it. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would if never, I was trying to describe you to someone, I wouldn't be like, they're an angry person. Right. And I would never show my anger directly. T- I don't often show anger directly to a person. Like Which it's rare that I would be like, I would welcome, I'm angry at you. Mm-hmm. Um, I will very quickly deny that and find a way that I shouldn't be or why mm. I'm in the wrong, probably. Mm. I'll mm. like really internalize that. So that is probably but you're also angry at yourself. Yeah, I'll f- I'll find I'll we're like der- like take it and I'm like, whatever I should be angry at, I'll then like spin it in some way. That I'm angry at myself. See, everybody? See how it works? We're all unique. But we sometimes all... I can still be angry at that person, but also angry at myself. But it's rare that I can just, just not include myself in it. Because I'm like, I'm I'm some in some way partaking. I've, I've decided that anger is a bad... I think 
I'm trying to unpack this, but somewhere I have probably put the most like bad energy. But not with other people, because you you've often said eight is your favorite number mm-hmm. for Enneagram. Sorry, mm-hmm. not just a random number, but like it probably because they get you in touch with your anger. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. That one's a very complicated one for me. You like me. angry mu- musicians and artists. Oh, gosh. I love yeah. to get angry when they get angry, too. <laughs> like, it's, like, so cathartic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> also probably... This is not happiness. This is not <laughs> happiness. I would not claim this is to be... Happiness is the emotion. But one of my favorite feelings is, like, the feeling of cathartically screaming music oh. and, like, oh. being in a room. Like, Relatable. that is the... I don't want to be in the room, but I, but I like to watch it on a video or YouTube. <laughs> I like to do it. Don't want to be in the room. That, that that's that's too much for me. Yeah, but. yeah. Okay. Jeez. We did it. We we did accomplished we? <laughs> Macy's journey of emotions. I uh, I, think I feel like I mean, first of all, I will just say for my own personal life, I very much enjoyed hearing that. Enjoyed in the sense that I was my interest was peaked. <laughs> You told it well. I I I feel more knowledgeable about who you are. I think that was helpful for the listeners. It was not necessarily planned uh, out, methodical, <laughs> and perfect. You didn't land the plane. <laughs> a little frustrated you didn't land the plane, but um, um, I I don't know why I feel the need to defend this, but I'm not like a generally always sad, mopey person. No, no, but but I will say part of your charm is your emotions. And I'll say, here's how I'll say it. Um, Hanging out with you is like going to a really interesting movie. You know? Like, you go to a movie or watch a show because you you don't do that because you know exactly what you're about to get. You know, you have an experience. You know, so spending time with you is kind of having that sort of experience. Sometimes, sometimes you really are sad, and we're like, "Oh, I guess we're having a sad time today." <laughs> you know, and and then you have to make some adjustments and be like, "Yeah, this is interesting, and I'm learning a lot, and I'm hearing about your sadness." And sometimes you're pumped, <laughs> and it's it's never like a well, no, I wouldn't say never. It's rarely like a low key pumped. It's like you are pumped, <laughs> it's you know, very, really low or you're key. angry, and it's and it's it's um, it's a it's a really visceral interesting experience. I mean, there are times where you're chill for sure. But, um, I think, I think your, your ability to stay in touch with your emotions and share that, um, gives a lot of interactions with you sort of an extra charge, you know, for people. That's nice. I think most people would agree with what I just said, but that know you. Yeah. Who's to say I am lost in my emotions. You're lost. Lost. You're lost. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you're, you're lost typically and you're lost now what? I'm just kidding <laughs> what? what are you talking about? okay Scott's I think journey it's a, I think it's when we come back how many minutes did we oh no that's like 20 minutes no that's fine you're supposed to cue me in <laughs> 8 minutes I know but it was, I, was, I got super interested <laughs> it was so unsatisfying too because I want to keep talking I know it. Uh, so guys when we come back here's how I think we'll do it when we come back we're going to do my journey then, we'll, then we really will try to do our, our current mm-hmm. relationship with our emotions as yeah. a joint conversation okay cool um so that's when, nice that's nice yeah when we when we come back i'll, I'll try to, i'll try to summarize my journey cool my my lifelong 39 year old <laughs> yeah that's a longer journey life. with my emotions <laughs> here it comes okay come back
We're back, everybody. Here and we are. Um, Scott's going to share with us his emotional journey. Okay, so I'll preface this by saying we know that we don't think about our past lives um, accurately. Truth, you yes. Know? Like what you're, what you're hearing, what you're about to hear is some well. Gosh, I wish I had prefaced before mine. Grooved stories that have become utter reality to me. That if we went back and actually looked at the facts at the of the tapes. matter, probably wouldn't. But I mean, it'd be true. But um, I, I will, I will just talk about. I, I'm going to talk in generalities. I don't think I have a main story. It may, it may pop up. A story mm-hmm. may pop up as I'm talking. But um, INFP five wing four. I'm kind of thinking more of about my life growing up as an INFP, whatever that means. I know so little about what that means. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is I was also very emotional growing up. Mm-hmm. And here's a thought I had preparing for this in my mind, staring off and thinking about this episode. <laughs> that's research. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's research. <laughs> um, I, I, I know this is true. And I think my parents would agree and my friends would agree that, if we ever found them, my friends from first and second grade, I don't even know where they are. You know, I don't even know their last names, <laughs> Trevor, Morgan, you know, these are people I knew at the time. Um, I think I wore my emotions as a badge of honor. Okay. Tell I'm me like, more. I'm emotional. Look how, look how profound this is. I wouldn't have said that word, but like I, I would cry at school. I would cry at home. I would, I would say when you were younger. Yeah, look how I'm feeling, and I remember I remember at the time thinking, and not not with this much clarity in terms of the words that are going on in my head. Holy smokes! People are honking each other. Um, my emotions are making me unique. My emotions are making me better. Oh, very you know? fascinating. I was somebody that would have cried easily on the playground and cried easily when I'm hosting friends at my house for a birthday party, if something rattled me, I'd start crying. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm losing it. I'm like, I'm crying. And this is important. And I want you to see me cry. I think I can relate to this. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to wearing it as a badge of honor more presently than when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that lasted. I can tell some stories about like getting into my early 20s and crying, but... Uh, I do remember... This is so interesting because this is not you now. I know. I know, which is really sad and weird for me to think about. Hmm. Because um, it's such a it's such a balancing act. Like, I really do think about this podcast being hosted by two people who are the guardians of the existential gap. <laughs> and then it's just a slight twist on that. You know, because I can get into the four space pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about my early days, there was always if we're talking through the lens of the Enneagram, a humming in my brain. Mm-hmm. Why, 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 what, 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 what? Yeah. You know, thinking, 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 thinking. Not that nobody else thinks, but this is, thinking is like on steroids for a five. Yeah. Just and that was there. That was there for sure. But there was also a deep indulgence and badge of honor about my emotions. Hmm. Like, like, for example, like I would have been considered an athletic kid. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't like sports now yeah so that's probably how i interacted with my friends the most and 
I can imagine. I can remember a time, and this this is not an uncommon moment, but it, but the one that's coming to mind right now is like having a wiffle ball tournament in front of my house mm-hmm. with like eight boy kids from my street, maybe ten years old, mm-hmm. and we've it's a summer day, and we've plotted out this wiffle ball tournament. We've got you know a bracket, and we've been playing all day. Yeah, and yeah. something doesn't go my way. Yeah. And it's gotten tragic in my mind or something. Yeah. And now I'm bawling. And everybody's like, what the heck? Are you Interesting. crazy? Interesting. Scott's crying. And I'm like, yeah, of course I'm crying. And I'm like, I am crying. And you're like, respect that I'm yeah. crying. Yeah. Like, and I'm not, I'm not like, oh, crap, I'm crying. I'm really embarrassed. I'm like, yeah, I'm crying. You should cry. Like, this is frustrating. And I'm kind of indulging in it. I'm like, I am. This is amazing. I am crying. That is so. You're stupid for not crying. I'm crying. <laughs> well, I can get into that. You know? <laughs> Especially boys. I mean, I'm not saying, like, there, there's a different dynamic, at least yeah. in the way I grew up. Um, there was something really fantastically unique about my sadness, you know? And I don't want to, I don't want this to be an emotions episode just that, dub, like, goes Doubles into down sadness. on sadness. Yeah. Because I also oh. had joy, but um, we're, we're not talking about sadness exclusively, but. No. Um, I think, I think I do relate to a, to the idea that like probably growing up, I was a person that bounced around through my emotions very quickly. Mm-hmm. I was a really pumped up kid. I was a very happy kid. I was a very angry kid. I was a very sad kid. you like, what you see is what you get. Hmm. It's a lot. How, like, oh. how old is this? I'm, I'm probably thinking about a pill until 12. Okay. Okay. Uh, if I'm, I, mean, I have no idea, but like, I'm. If you look at old videos of me, yeah, like from like holiday events and stuff, I am like, the I I am pumped. I am bopping up in front of the camera. I'm laughing. I'm making jokes. I'm running around. I'm, I'm yeah. ramped. Yeah. You yeah. know. Um. And it's sad. It's angry. It's happy. It's, zoop, You know, running around all the emotions, real time, not overthinking it. Um, that is How was fear for you? Yeah, well, we talked about these recitals earlier. Um, oh, gosh. I mean, all these things deserve so much time. I know, I know. Uh, fear. I mean, um, I was a fearful kid. So, But I guess the first thing that comes up for me is around relationships. Mm-hmm. And this, this actually would have absolutely applied to, like, fifth grade to college. Okay. Um in the sense that, like, I was all about authenticity, but I, I, I we've said this in the podcast before, but uh, I, I had my first girlfriend in the sixth grade, mm-hmm. and I do remember this pressure, and it's so weird now that I'm a dad of a girl that's about to go into the eighth grade. Um, it's just so weird to think about life through that lens at this point, but <laughs> um, I was a very romantic mm-hmm. kid, you know, but at the same time, very fearful. I was going to get it wrong or, or say something stupid or so I, I think, um, I was, I wasn't, you and I are different in the sense that I was, I don't think I was an anxious kid. Yeah. I think there's such a difference. Yeah. I didn't lose sleep. I got, I got nervous about being up front and performing. I did get nervous at like piano recitals and stuff yeah. like that. But, uh, I walked around in the world generally fairly happy go lucky, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the same time having big emotions, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, yeah, I do remember being, I do remember in the sixth grade and in my 
upbringing, sixth grade was elementary school. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have middle school into from sixth grade to junior high. So sixth grade was the top of my elementary school era. Mm-hmm. And it was the time everybody started dating. And from that moment all the way up until my next girlfriend in high school as a junior. Mm. So between sixth grade and seven and 17, I didn't have another girlfriend. Cause you were so scared. I was just so scared of the whole thing. It was just like, I, I remember being on campus and again, I wasn't planning on talking about this tonight. I remember, I remember, I remember being like at some sort of open house on our elementary school campus mm-hmm. and dating this girl. And I could tell out of nowhere, uh, you know, it's dark uh, inside there's lights and, and celebrations and parents are around and everybody's walking around looking at your desk and on the outside are the kids kind of doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And there's this energy around a hug. Oh, like you know? to hug or not to hug. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're going to hug tonight, mm. you know? And I'm just like, I'd love to, but I'm scared. And <laughs> what does that mean? And And also now the energy around this decision and people watching like my girlfriend at the time, her friends, hoping it happens and kind of urging me and is it going to happen? And my girlfriend sort of standing in 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 an area that seems kind of dark. And How old are you? Sixth grade. So (laughs) it would have been like, I don't know, like 12. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, when you say fear, that's, I've always had fear of heights and stuff like that. But like that's, there was a lot of, there was social anxiety. Yeah. You know, um, again, maybe not on the same scale as you, but... um, well, I just had very I particular do fears unique and in anxious. That sense. I do remember the other guys in my sphere didn't seem to have that sort of fear. It's like a girl wants to hug, I'm hugging. A girl wants to kiss. Yeah. Even in the sixth grade, we're kissing. Yeah. You know, you hear stories. You're always very cautious. I'm like, oh, I'm so nervous about this. I'm so scared. There's so many unknowns. Yeah. Intimacy. I mean, yeah. you could say that may be an early sign of a Ooh, five. Interesting. Like, um. What does a hug mean? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. sound so crazy. It, it, is, it really, it really did at that point start to set me apart from my like male counterparts. Hmm. Like it was very natural at that point in sixth grade for people to be sharing stories about making out. Yeah. I, I had nothing until 17, you know, cause it seems so, um, big to me. I wouldn't even say scary. It just seemed like that's a big emotional commitment. I couldn't do, I couldn't do it. Um, detached. I'm not, I'm not like, here's that a girl is, that wants to make out. I'm going to make out. I'm like, this is an emotional decision. You I, had to like be very I, thoughtful. I have, to, I have to really like this person. I have to have them actually really like me. I have to have it be safe. I have to, yeah. there's all these unknowns that have to be very good. I think there's something nice about that. Sure. Sure. I think there's something very beautiful yeah. about that. Um, hmm. wait, so what <laughs> happened in tw- at age 12? Oh gosh! Um, Not like something happened. My happen. emotional journey. <laughs> you <laughs> said up until age twelve ish. What did I you're say? You're being sad. You're crying publicly. Oh right, right, right. You're yeah. Uh, uh, interestingly enough, and I don't. I've never journaled about this or anything like that. But uh, you know, at age twelve, I, I look Puberty. back and think, cry, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably like crying started decreasing. You know, I I don't remember a lot of times. You know, this is an interesting little... Also, <laughs> I mean, Again, not, when you're younger, you just cry more. Yeah, yeah. You know? not it wasn't planning on talking about this, but I do remember a sense of pride in my life. Mm. There was this... I don't, I don't know who started this, but there was this organization, movement, I don't know what it was, called Natural Helpers. Did you have that in your school? I don't think so. Natural Helpers 
was something that was, I don't know where it started, but, but it was essentially like st- student peer trained counselors. Okay. So I don't know who started, but it sounds, I haven't thought about this in a long time, but it sounds intriguing now nice. that I'm thinking about it as an adult. <laughs> um, that like, if you were having a hard time in middle school, you could sign up to talk to a natural helper. Okay. Which was a peer who's been trained to listen to you. That's kind of cute. Yeah. Now, my school called it Students Aiding Students, so it's called SAS. We had something like that, but it was like mediation. Students would mediate other students. Similar. Yeah. So, sixth grade, heading into middle school, your classmates voted on the person in the class who'd be the best equipped to be a natural helper. Did you get chosen? Yeah. By my students. Wow. By my students. By my peers. That was flattering and, you know an identity thing for sure. Cause yeah. it's, it's like getting one of the um, reviews for our podcast. Yeah. It felt, it felt true to what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I was trying to listen. I was trying to be a natural helper. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact you that I wanted like, to be a student aiding student. Yeah, I did. So, so going into seventh grade, I got to go on a retreat where we learned how to listen to our peers Aww. and throughout middle school, seventh That's and ninth cool. grade. Everyone should do that. Yeah. Though. Seventh to ninth grade, I guess is junior high. Um, this is a weird thing to think. I haven't thought about this in forever. These journeys, they're bringing stuff yeah. up. You could get called out of a classroom to say somebody has signed up to listen to a natural helper and you're going to meet with them. Oh, so you didn't have to go to class? Yeah, and I'd meet with this random person. I, I didn't even know. And be like, I'm having a hard time in class. I need to talk to somebody. I'm like, tell me more. Hmm. You know, and we'd sit and talk for an hour. Wow. So cool. That is very cool. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know why I brought that up. And people really did it. People signed up. Yeah. All the time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's epic. That's kind of, well, it would be cool if every kid could have that kind of training. I'll just say this in terms of like my emotional journey as a wrap up. Wrapping up? Well, we're already pretty far down the road. I guess that makes sense. Um, I was emotional. Yeah. I was I was big happy. I was big sad. I was big angry. I was big scared. Mm-hmm. I was big bold, mm-hmm. big courageous. There was no low key emotions for me. Yeah, yeah. And it's, that that proves true still to this day to a certain extent. But I've probably gotten more repressed vibes over the years, and I'm working on that. And but I I have always I was always emotional, and I was known for being emotional. Yeah. Yeah, and I know you as being emotional, but I also know you as being somewhat detached. I know. So I don't know when that happened. You don't. Yeah, you can't pinpoint on the journey. So I'm trying to think about like sixth grade, maybe. Like everything felt so free up until that point. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's if I really, if I really gave it some time and this thought. This is so crazy because that is not how I feel. Like <laughs> I felt so suffocated up yeah. until like sixth grade. I'll say this about my parents. My mom's a two. My dad's a one. My dad's a pastor. Love my parents. As, <laughs> as anybody has, I have a complicated relation with my parents. I don't think they listen to this podcast. But both Macy and I, I think, are cognizant of if our parents listen to the podcast, we don't want to, like, trash on our parents. But our parents play a significant role in our lives. And oftentimes... Also, we perceive our parents entirely different than, right, than their they actions. So if we talk about Mark and Debbie, my parents... We're not necessarily talking about Mark and Debbie. We're talking about like my perception of them and experience of them as a kid. Yeah. But um, my mom is a two, a very, very 
aggressively sweet, whimsical too, who just like walks in glitter and stardust. Yeah. Her her whole life is just joy and sweetness. Good and bad. Sometimes that can be bad because my mom has a hard time acknowledging the dark. My dad's a one who wants to do things right. And I and I think my memory and experience of my parents growing up was a celebration and in, in for lack of a better word, indulgence in my emotions. Hmm. My mom took the lead, I think. Yeah. And I, I think also just was like, is, is very artsy. Yeah, yeah. So growing up, my mom was just like, uh, expression is great in all forms. And I think my dad supported it. Mm-hmm. I had a very, I had a very clear, I, and this is not, this is, this is true as I can possibly make it because I've thought it my whole life. Very clear. It's so, it's so, it would be so emotional to say this to my dad even. Appreciation for my dad. Mm-hmm. In the sense that I, I could tell from a very early age he didn't get me. Hmm. And yet made a lot of space for me. Ooh, ooh. You know? That like, is I nice. was, like, uh, like I said, I'm obsessed with Michael Jackson. Yeah. And yeah. I would um, be in our, like, garage with, like, uh, tights on and a shirt unbuttoned like a button down shirt open and like a, a fedora hat on this is an epic scene with a, with a fake microphone just totally dancing my heart out to a michael jackson song with my friends in the room watching yeah yeah and my dad would walk in i could tell he was like what the heck my, <laughs> my dad is a very classic strong athlete yeah he's man. like what is happening here and, and he would never my dad would never say what the heck is this my son doesn't wear tights although i again like at the time i could tell I knew that, that that that's probably what my dad was thinking internally. Yeah. But was never, would be like, wow, there's what my son is doing right now. Okay. <laughs> and kind of like Let smile it be. at me and walk through and I'd be like, there's my dad, you know. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I would probably say I was a weird kid. That's a sweet scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, those my, these emotional, emotional journeys journey. are about. Even get to college these or are like half emotions and half just like our childhood. Journey. I'm not even talking about journey. I guess that's like my um, my uh, baseline. I know. Yeah. So, college marriage. Do you want to at all briefly discuss these things? Having a child, <laughs> having two children, oh being gosh. a dad. Emotions yeah, we got, involved we got there. to like maybe sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, it's too much. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had lots of emotions. Uh, dating seems to bring up emotions. This cell or sexual five, sexual five dating is brought the up true emotion, things, which I could, we could do a whole episode on. So I'll breeze through that dated girl in high school that, that brought up a bunch of emotions. High school brought up emotions. <laughs> College brought up emotions. Marriage got married at 22, brought up emotions, having kids. Brought up oh emotions. my goodness. So we're flying through emotions here, turning 30, huge emotions. Maybe one of the biggest emotions Existential? Yes, massive. Okay, so how long have you been existential? I wonder <laughs> that. Because I feel like, uh, yeah, just keep, you do. I mean, there, there may be a similar thread to you in terms of like getting married and having kids probably put the existential vibes on hold. Okay. So I got married when I was 22. Had kid, had my first son, at, my, my first and only son at 24. Yeah. And I think those... Th- thoughts and feelings got put on hold until I was about 28. Mm, mm -hmm. And as I was approaching 30, it became 
uh, looming, tr- looming and overwhelming, like a giant dark cloud mm-hmm. that I eventually got through. But um, yeah, I think our types. Uh, let's just say INFPs. <laughs> It, it it was so existential for me. Yeah. Like so, what does it mean to be thirty? Yeah. Who am I? What am I feeling? <laughs> what am I doing? What do I believe? What are these decisions I've made? Where am I heading? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I negotiated that at the time pretty successfully. Ultimately, but um, I'm approaching forty now, and it seems to be happening again. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Over it's so overwhelming. <laughs> I mean, you can say in terms of emotions, I'm engaging it. I'm not. I'm not ignoring it but uh engaging it is challenging um so do you well i guess we'll get to presently soon. <laughs> <laughs> where we presently are that that's my journey everybody I, I i would just say um it was an um, it was an emotional journey as i'm talking i look back with fondness hmm. mostly i i i think um <laughs> there's a here's a four meme growing up and it's a very significant i remember being in the fourth grade I just say someday I'll just do a whole episode on this thing of, called space balls. We had this batting cage near my house and it had this thing called space balls, which is like, I wish it existed everywhere. I wish everybody could experience this because it's so hard to describe, but it was like this giant cage of a trampoline with another that was, that was ensconced with trampoline. Like, Oh, I, I can built picture this it. Thing. Yeah. And in the middle was two, holes that you could throw a volleyball through and you were playing against another person and it was just the f- most fun thing. So if you oh. threw a ball through one of these holes and the person caught it, you don't get a point. But if you threw one and they and they dropped it or it got to the other side and they bounced, you got a point. Okay, you know, that sounds fun. People waited in the line, you this. played. And people waited in line. I had a great fourth birthday. We went to... Fourth we went grade? Fourth grade. Uh, fourth grade. 12, I think. I was okay. Trying. Had the birthday... It was better than I could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. We, we went to space balls. Then we went to a park and played baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a new baseball and mitt and glove and played with my friends. We went swimming in the lake. It was just like, and I just remember getting in bed that night. My mom coming to my bedroom. And I was just like so sad. So sad. I'm you were so 12. sad? Oh. What does it mean? It's not, oh. It, it was so special, but it wasn't as special as before. And now I, I can actually dissect the specialness. This is why it was special. It doesn't have the same magic anymore. It just wasn't this so all-encompassing magic. It was like, well, I guess it was magic because I like space balls and I'm getting older. And my mom was like sitting on the bed listening, and I'm like, I'm like probably crying at that point. Like, this is yeah, it's oh, not that special is special anymore. I wish it was more special. But I can see it's like you can see behind the curtain. I know why it's special, <gasps> and it's not gonna be the same anymore. It's not gonna have that same. Oh my magic. goodness, that is such a mood. It is <laughs> such a mood. And the adult in the room, it's Loki, probably so annoying. Yeah, like, what? oh, I've spent Dude. all day giving <laughs> yeah. you the most epic day, and here you are yeah. whining about not being special. I mean, I can relate. Yeah. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But it's yeah. also like, it's a funny thing. I have oh. tears in my eyes thinking about my 12 year old self, and tears in my eyes thinking about my own kids right now. Hmm. You know, it's a big thing. It is a big thing. That is. Something that as one grows older, when you're younger, I mean, now we teach a lot of emotional intelligence that we don't, at least places, certain places, I think we're starting to teach kids more emotional intelligence, but like you just don't have words for what you're experiencing. And as you get older, you start to build vocabulary for what you're experiencing, which becomes very helpful, but I think also can contribute to the existentialism. Yeah, it's big. 
Okay, what what Journeys. are we talking about here? Everybody? Okay, Landing that was our plan? journey. <laughs> that was our journey. That was Scott's journey. Believe it or not, there's still more episode to come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like more. <laughs> We're talking about the current state of our emotions. <laughs> the podcast is so indulgent. That's why I, I hope everybody knows we enjoy it. Making this podcast, <laughs> main the, we're, 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 here. we're in real time in a house here, enjoying this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when we come back. Uh, the current state <laughs> of our emotions. Bye. <laughs> So we are back to discuss our, our current emotions. emotional status. <laughs> I don't even know what current even is. And how like, are we doing? How are we doing in this particular moment? Yeah. Like sitting here right now. Oh, right, right. Right now I'm pretty pumped. Really? Ha- well, I- I'd say in, in many ways right here is is in my modern day element. Like this is where, aside from like, um, I'd say probably like going on a walk with my wife, Marissa. Happiness peak for you? Safe, comfortable, at ease. Yeah. I don't know about happiness. Definitely happy, but like just trying to talk about the feeling. Um, I I say my sweet spot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very, very... um, Content? Content. content. We both had it at the same time. Very content. I don't know if I feel entirely content right now. Mm. I don't know when I feel content. Ooh, Um, a thought. Maybe like just after finishing a painting mm. or like, ooh, I don't know. Um, um, so you're currently pu- feeling pumped. Pumped. I mean, not like, oh yeah, I'm pumped. Content is a better word. I feel very content right now. Yeah. I think right now, hmm, I feel multiple things, I would say. <laughs> I can feel the impending thoughts <laughs> from this discussion already. I oh, can kind of feel afterwards. the weight of them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I also am, because we talked about my emotions 30 minutes ago and I talked about real things that brought up things, I now have that like there. <laughs> oh that there's God. like... Like it's like a bookmark. Yeah, and like... I'm coming back to that later. Part of me is already is feeling like I need to be a little bit sad and mm. like feel that as well. Mm. Like mourning, have grief mm. and experience that as well mm. right now, you know, but I'm still also feeling good. From I what f- I know about you, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, current state of emotion, but you're kind of like, let's get this over with so I can go be by myself and have those thoughts. I mean, I'm not feeling let's get this over with because yeah. we were literally just talking about this. I know that I will be, probably be staying up late tonight <laughs> so i know that i will have a moment and a space to like have those thoughts well here we go here we go here we go right there. current real time current what's real that time. what is that because that is where i think you and i diverge what do you mean <sighs> well i mean it could bring up this idea of like force having something to teach us 
And we haven't really brought this up tonight, but like in terms of landing the plane and offering something really tangible, <laughs> you look really stuck on I the do, landing I the do. plane. I do. I do. Really <laughs> there's this there's this woman named Susan David. Here comes a book recommendation: Emotional Agility. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Um, I've read it, but I probably haven't read it in like two years. So we watched a TED talk to prepare for tonight. But um, I mean, essentially, it is encouraging you to get more in tune with your emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if if I have a big emotion or we had something tonight that brought something big up tonight, mm-hmm. I'd w- I would want to go and find something, especially in the evening, to distract myself from that. Mm. Now, you and I are similar in the sense that I would bookmark it, and I know I'd need to process it and think about it later. Mm-hmm. So I will think about it. I do think mm-hmm. it's important and really actually enjoyable and productive to think about it. I'm not the type of person that, like, that says, I don't want to think about that. That mm-hmm. was weird. I'm like, I really want to think about that, but I have to be at my peak self. I have to have coffee. I have to mm. be like, I can't get sloppy with it. Like I can't, I can't oh. be at home drinking at night at one in the morning, thinking about this sad thing. I'm like, that's, that's not going to get good. That's going to get really bad for me. So I will, it, if, if something came up for me tonight, I would probably go home and try to watch like a, stand-up comedy episode and just be like, just chill out tonight. Huh. Um, zone out, save it for later. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I'm going to have some fun tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to get, get really into this emotion. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, I, it'll show up like throughout things, mm-hmm. but I can do my fair share of distracting. We all can do our fair share of distracting, <laughs> of course. Um, but I do think I enjoy getting real with my emotions so much. And like, I cherish that. Like at the end of the day, I do really cherish reflecting and thinking back on the emotions of the day mm-hmm. and the things I've been feeling. And I usually will get like, lost in that almost to the point where it's like sometimes I need something to just like the only reason I would pull on something to distract me is just because I'm like oh I'll just stay up all night probably just thinking with myself you know (laughs) like no I relate to that tendency or that pull for sure um but I also think I process emotions probably also like verbally a lot. So like it would be, it is helpful for me and would be helpful for me to also like talk a little bit about it or like say them out loud or like go on a walk or like do something with them that usually. Okay. Well, let's let's just get really practical. What, what are the, what is, what happens these days that cause you to be happy in a state of happiness? And uh, uh, let me say this as a preface to everybody. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. No, you can say the preface. But the preface is this. This would this would be an emotions episode part two. Like getting really into this idea that like we have figured out some labels for some feelings. Mm -hmm. So we feel sad. We feel emotion. We feel happy. We feel feel nostalgic. But those are words that that were label that were giving an energy inside of us. Mm -hmm. That the energy. I think one of the things we've learned from invisibilia probably has infinite, like, like with color, mm-hmm. 
uh, different types of nuances and, and feelings and labels that we haven't necessarily named. So the options that we have are sad, anxious, happy, elated, joy, anger, but there's many more that we mm-hmm. just haven't mm-hmm. labeled. But mm-hmm. having said that, yeah, what, what are the things these days that would generally cause Macy to be happy? It's an interesting question. <laughs> it's an interesting question for these days. These if we had days. done this podcast like two and a half weeks ago, mm-hmm. it would have been like a totally, I think, a different energy. Mm-hmm. So I am a typically like roller coastery, cyclical-ish <laughs> person. Like I go through seasons and the seasons are varied in time, but I'll go through seasons of general contentment and happiness. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go through a season of just like general bitterness, angst and sadness. Mm -hmm. And those seasons I think I have tools for, but I don't have full answers for Mm -hmm. like, it's not like I can be, I don't have the ability and I don't think I ever will have the ability to necessarily pull myself out of the sads. Like a statement. <laughs> a statement. You don't think you'll ever have the ability to pull yourself out of the sads? Not like quickly. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, it does make sense. It it does make I'm sense. I'm trying to be real. I, I appreciate that. And that's what we're here to do. Um, like, I wish I could say, oh, this thing makes me feel happy. Mm-hmm. But like, like, cause one of my first answers would be like, well, right now lately yoga has been making me feel really good. But like the other day I had a yoga where I came in feeling better, wanting, wanting desperately to, for it to like be a hopeful thing that made me feel content. And at the end it didn't. And it was like, even worse. Oof, that's tough. And it was like very disappointing. Yeah. So the I dong don't, didn't work. The mantras didn't work. Yeah. So I don't know. There are there are things that are very helpful for me. Like if I can pull my if I'm in a sad season, if I can pull myself to start painting or something, mm-hmm. that'll usually eventually work after time. Yeah. But it's not like I don't just like get over something. <laughs> so if I'm feeling I relate to that. Yeah, slightly totally. bummed about a situation, I could a week later use that as like an excuse to be feeling sad. This is one of the things that like um maybe you, I think you relate to, but this idea of getting over something. There are certain types on the Enneagram and just certain types of people who are like um experience an intense conversation or and they think, um, oh, we'll we'll give it a week and we'll be better. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's gotten worse. <laughs> you know, I'm actually more mad. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and the fact that you thought <laughs> time was going, like, I was going to chill time out. Was heal. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm actually more mad than I was going into this. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. I this if we're going into current updates. I um, we are we have been <laughs> that's what's happening in the past year I started working at a place that is like magic to my soul mm-hmm. and has been like a source of 
stability in terms of my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with young children, early childhood education, so mostly preschoolers who are very emotional beings, everybody. Um, but it is like I love I love being with the kids and I love most, if not all aspects of my job. So that has been something where I can like have that as a place of often feeling contentment, but I mean, I don't know. I can still go in and have a pretty emo day, but it's, it is hard for me to be significantly lost in myself because I have to like, be attentive to the emotions of others, which I think is an interesting kind of tool that a four Enneagram can have in terms of like my stress is going to the helper. But I think that is if I can use that in a healthy way, it is me pulling myself out of myself. Mm-hmm. and into the world mm-hmm. and that like if I can be doing that intentionally and not be doing that subconsciously but be leaning on that as a tool that I'm conscious of that can be really helpful for me um when I get into like internal emo seasons <laughs> oh, well, the, the, this this current update is very interesting this current update <laughs> because I think in the past few years I've grown a lot in terms of my emotional absolutely s- I've seen it stability and skills um, skills with a Z but not without like significant help um mm-hmm. I've been having to do a lot of work and be really honest about how indulging my emotions, while of course can bring some gifts and has some things it offers, but like is also often rather Mm self-sabotaging. So um, I've had to like learn and grow that and work towards letting that go. Um, But I... I feel often at like my emotions or just my emotions like they not that they control me. I don't think that necessarily, but I think probably compared to the average person person, um, I can be very easily swept up and down by emotions. And it's not like it just it kind of just is the way it is for me. Yeah. Um regardless of how I continue to grow, I'm not like growing out of that, you know? Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. No, I don't think I should. Um, no, I don't think I should. Um, and in the past few years, I've like finally started to see my emotions as a gift and not Mm -hmm. been like, it's bad that I'm so sensitive, but like, it's good that I'm sensitive. Maybe others should try and be more sensitive. Well, I think that's one of the things we're saying in terms of, a uh, 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 focus These or updates. focal point. These updates. <laughs> we just so we're trying like to update you on our emotions, everybody. Strange about <laughs> them. <laughs> um, there is. I mean, one of the things I think we'd want to say as we we're pre- prepping for this is that we're not we're not putting labels on these emotions. It's not like happy is good and sad is bad. No, no. The emotions are the emotions. Mm-hmm. So feeling sad. On the one hand, you wouldn't want to necessarily indulge in the sense of you're feeling um, despair or debilitated or um, 
lack of ability to function in the world because you've just so gone down this path. But to a certain extent, happiness can do the same thing. You can get lost in happiness. Oh, yeah. You can get lost in any emotion. Oh, yeah. But an emotion is just, it just is. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things we were learning through Susan David is that's part of the human experience. Yeah. And she said this great thing, which she said, if your goal is to just not feel things, you have a dead person's goals. Hmm. Like dead yeah. people don't feel things. An alive person feels, feels something on, on the whole spectrum. Yeah. So anger, sadness, joy, disappointment, fear, anxiety. That, I mean, getting into like more of a, intentional learning vibe, like learning to let ourselves experience those emotions mm -hmm. and let them speak to us mm -hmm. is very important and let people know those things about us. I mean, I don't know if we were even going to get to the idea of like emotions and relationships, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, we, we could get to it yeah. if we wanted. Um, yeah, I feel that I just, I am getting emotional. Yeah. Which was sort of expected, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to romanticize being sad. Um, but it is a part of my experience and it is a fond friend of mine. Hmm. I don't think that's romanticizing. Um, I mean, that's what we're saying. I think we, um, we probably fetishize happiness. Yeah, I think we probably do. I think we probably do. Um, and, and we don't we don't allow room for sadness. Yeah, like even as we're talking, part of me is like, should I be so like, should I feel shame? Part of me is like, I don't want people to perceive me as being the sad person. Mm -hmm. And yet, part of me, like, because I'm just in this season right now. <laughs> I'm not going to like sit here and lie and be like, I'm feeling happy, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like right now in this like moment, I'm feeling relatively good because mm -hmm. we're doing this thing as pals. But like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I can't deny the also real feelings that I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Current uh, emotional states. Cool. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, if people, if there are certain types that are running away from their emotions and denying them, you know, you can show, you can help people, you know, you can show what it's, what it's like to, um, experience those emotions, name those emotions, feel those emotions, respond to those emotions, become acquainted to those emotions. Yeah. And then in like so many ways, my, emotions I think make me attentive to the needs of others and Absolutely. are what show me what I care about 100%. and do so much that help me to be the person I am and the way I show up in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, but I also some, for some reason like have this more four vibes, like it's like this like need to do it. Do what? Do all the emotions. Like, I need to indulge them all. I need to go all in with them. I don't, I don't know. 
I don't have very much means for casually experiencing an emotion. Yeah, and I guess that's your work essentially is yeah. figuring out when they're good for you and when they're harming you or... I'm struggling with that right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right in this moment. Okay, I'll um, do a rumination. Coming up, everybody. My emotions have taken over. <laughs> Macy has emotions. Did we know that, everybody? <laughs> this has gotten to be very good. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get a rumination, everybody. Get ready. Here we go. Some of you are here. Some are far away. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being. To think of the people who have helped you become who you are. Those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life. Oh, it's a beautiful night in this neighborhood. sweet but I wanted to read this poem because uh, two days ago um, I had a little adventure with uh, two of my friends their names are Mike and Maddie um, but we went to Discovery Park which of you live in Seattle is a famous kind of uh, park uh, Discovery Park is really big um, and and the part that I was used to visiting until then is uh, the trail that goes to the beach. Um, there's a lighthouse, and it's a really nice beach. Um, but uh, on that day, we, um, we, I, well, at least I realized there's another route, and it uh, goes up to the bluff that then overlooks. Uh, and it's so beautiful. It's just like like wide open plains and it's so funny because this this right now is summer, right? And this is I think my second summer in the United States. I usually go home like pre like like mid June or like early June sometimes. So it's like not it's kind of like late spring maybe. Um but this is my second summer and um it's 
it de- demystified some a little bit for me. <laughs> but it's it's nice. I felt like I had the quintessential summer day. I mean, we were just like goofing off. Uh, we were just, uh, we climbed a tree and I scraped my knee, <laughs> which is very like, almost like storybook summer. And... Um, you know that song? Uh, it's a Benjamin Britten song, but it's in Moonrise Kingdom. I think the cuckoo song. So Maddie and I were just like singing that song like very loudly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we were just uh, having such a great time. And we, when when we were walking back from from the bluff, we saw these kind of blackberry bushes, and we were just kind of, I think most of them were not ripe enough, but like a few of them were ripe enough. And then we had just like blackberry juice all over our hand. And I was like, okay, this is also another very summer thing. And it reminds me of this, this poem that I'm about to read. And I read it to them just because, um, mentions of, there are mentions of blackberry in the poem. And the poem is very beautiful. Uh, it's from this collection, uh, I really love this collection. It's called Praise by Robert Haz. Um, And the poem is called Meditation at Lagunitas. Which is, is that also like a beer brand? (laughs) Brewing? (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I'll go to the poem. uh, And should I say this? Like this, this is probably my last ruination for a while because, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm heading back to Indonesia pretty soon. And I mean, oh, I, you probably could fill a whole episode <laughs> with like me trying to kind of uh, explain. So I'll, I'll let the poem kind of maybe do uh, the, like the, maybe the poem is a condensation of those feelings. Uh, so it's been very nice. It's been an honor sharing poems and thoughts on this platform. And I will see you listeners in September. <laughs> okay, ready? ready? Okay, Meditation at Lagunitas by Robert Haas. All the new thinking is about loss. And this... It resembles all the old thinking. The idea, for example, that each particular erases the luminous clarity of a general idea. That the clown-faced woodpecker probing the dead sculpted trunk of that black birch is by his presence some tragic falling off from a first world of undivided light. Or the other notion that because there is in this world no one thing to which the bramble of blackberry corresponds, a word is elegy to what it signifies. We talked about it late last night, and and in the voice of my friend there was a thin wire of grief, a tone almost querulous. After a while, I understood that talking this way Everything dissolves. Justice, pine, hair, woman, you, and I. 
There was a woman I made love to, and I remembered how holding her small shoulders in my hands, sometimes I felt a violent wonder at her presence, like a thirst for salt, for my childhood river, with its island willows, still a music from the pleasure boat, muddy places where we caught the little orange silver fish called pumpkin seed. It hardly had to do with her. Longing, we say, because desire is full of endless distances. I must have been the same to her. But I remember so much the way her hands dismantled bread, the thing her father said that hurt her, what she dreamed. There are moments when the body is as numinous as words. Days that are the good flesh continuing. Such tenderness, those afternoons and evenings, saying blackberry, blackberry, blackberry. That's it for Ruben, everybody. It is a full circle. Uh, we we teased Ruben for a while in this podcast, mm. and he eventually showed up and st- and started doing exactly what we hoped he would do. And now he'll be saying back. goodbye for a short time. For a short time. We love Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> There's some emotions. Some big emotions. Yeah. Okay, when we come back, we'll do a wrap-up. Waving goodbye with the book. Yes. Cider in hand. Slowly walking hand. away. Backwards. <laughs> now forwards. Sidestepping. <laughs> Usually I narrate, but I, I like this Macy narration. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I don't even know what this way feet movement uh, Ruben is doing is. It's like bouncing inside, shuffling, <laughs> and slightly Wish they could bouncy see it. and dancing. Yeah. Okay. Um, when we uh, I was emotional. That was emotional. That was a good one. That was a very, very good one. <laughs> he has an f- empty bottle of wine that he's now shaking in his hand. Cool, cool. So we're probably not going to do emotions and relationships. What do you think? Is that the finale? I thought it was going to be the finale. Up to you. I think, I think we should do it. Okay. Kay. Let's do it. When we come What's back, up? emotions and relationships. I, I'll, I'll just say this. What's coming up, everything was a lead up. Because I think this is some where some opinions are going to come in. <gasps> and where some help and assistance oh. and thoughts that will benefit you. Interesting. Will come in. We'll see. We'll see if we'll that see. happens. Coming up. Okay. <laughs> everybody we're back in my mind everything we said is uh, like uh important (laughs) and i think we exist to um well 
part of it is we're just having the conversation. If you're if you're here for it, great. Mm-hmm. I I would have I I I would have enjoyed having this conversation regardless. And on the breaks, we're continuing these conversations. Yeah, you didn't even hear. I mean, <laughs> we talk between the breaks. <laughs> we used to say jokingly we went for Red Bull, but actually, and honestly, without joking, we we just talked for like twenty minutes. <laughs> you know, and now here we have the microphones again, <laughs> <laughs> like about mo- emotions. Same so. thing, yeah. Um, so, but um, yeah. Uh, Emotions. We, we did a casual conversation. This is still casual, but uh, I think I'll bring this will bring this will bring a little bit more opinion into it and a little bit more advice giving for what it's worth. Bring it you know what on I mean? Opinions and advice. So this is relationships and emotions. I think I had a a five enneagram. Everybody, I had a a, a slightly easier time seeing my type because I had been so beaten over the head by my five tendencies without using five language. Mm-hmm. But 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 yep. close people to me would have said I was emotionally detached, I was intellectually superior, I was like not acting em- intellectually superior. Mm-hmm. I was not empathetic. I one of the things that was constantly said to me by multiple people including my wife and several friends is I talk people out of their emotions. Mm-hmm. That was, the, that was the main thing I was known by hmm. and I didn't know how to do anything other mm-hmm. to a certain extent. I would have said I was doing something virtuous. I'm sad. Whoa. Out. But why, why is that valid? Because this happened and this happened. Why do you need to feel sad? Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced that. I no idea what I was doing. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you, to a certain extent, you can I was still do comforting that. people. Yeah, for sure. It's not <laughs> like I'm out of it, but I did it. A lot more aggressively. And the sad part is I do it to myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, But in terms of like... That is the thing. That is the big kicker. mm -hmm. We're doing these things to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Can't let yourself feel emotions so you don't let other people feel emotions. Yeah. Um, Scared of your own emotions, scared of others' emotions. (sighs) So again, I think sometimes when we start a new episode, we've never done an episode on emotions. This is like the beginning just the very yeah. tip of the iceberg. Yeah, we're going to do many, many. We could do a whole episode on just the emotion of nostalgia. Yeah, we tried to break this up into to parts, but it's like we probably should have just gone all in on one. <laughs> but here we are. We could do a whole episode on each emotion. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, absolutely like no problem. So many out there. Yeah. Um, so uh, being older, having kids, being through lots of relationships. I know you, Macy, I'm looking across the table, mm-hmm. have taught me a ton about emotions and sharing and being vulnerable. And I've also, up until now, learned a lot through hard knocks, honestly. Yeah. Um, about my emotions. So, so all I'll say, I think what life has taught me is that um, the best relationships are the ones that make the most space for our emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see that. I want to be that type of friend, and I need, in the in the pure sense of the word, I need those types of friends Yeah. in my life, the types of friends that make space for my emotions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are not only make space for them, but are curious about them, that help me process them. That celebrate them. Celebrate them. That's a, that's a great way of saying it. I mean, again, as we're approaching this episode... Um, 
I need interpreters. Hmm. And without going into too much detail, I've been pretty emotional over the last 24 hours. And both, I would say, Macy, Reuven, and my wife, Marissa, have been expert interpreters of my emotions. Not not like, not like and I, I have to clarify that, not like aggressively telling me what I'm thinking and feeling, but but really listening and um, uh, giving a curious energy where I have felt incapable of being curious because the emotions have been too heavy. Too heavy, too much. You know, so yeah. if, somebody, if somebody can provide a space where they're not burdened by your emotions or annoyed by your emotions... And maybe perhaps you personally are feeling annoyed and burdened by your emotions. Um, somebody can provide a space where it's safe to explore. Hmm. Hmm. You know, that seems like a profound gift that person can offer. Or maybe gift. what relationships can offer mm-hmm. us. A, and a profound version of friendship. Yeah. You know, f- yeah. Friends offer space for emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Oof. it's. It's a bummer we feel like we can't all the time have Mm -hmm. that, but I do think there's something special and sacred about having those friends and those people in your life that you do feel comfortable sharing with, sharing your emotions and inviting into your emotional landscape. Because it's a scary thing to invite people into. Yeah, it is. I mean, we've also just invited (laughs) possibly the whole either. Um, Yeah, I feel that. I feel that it has been important for me to, to find the people in my life who are going to support me emotionally and aren't going to dismiss my emotions. Um, I have had relationships and friendships and people in my life who have been dismissive of my emotions. And, um, I'm already feeling shame for them. Mm. So like if, if someone, else is telling me that I should get over them. It's just like, it is very hard to get over that. It's very hard to undo those words. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, in terms of the people I surround myself with, it is almost essential that people are going to be okay with who I am because who I am is usually relatively emotional. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting to think about. Well, so I took some notes. We watched this um, TED Talk, which I would recommend everybody, from Susan David. So good. So So good. good. And she wrote a book called Emotional Agility. And she's comparing this concept of, like, emotional rigidity Mm -hmm. to agility. Mm -hmm. Um, But she says this, uh, among many, many other things in her book. When emotions are pushed aside or ignored, they get stronger. Yeah. So we need to think about this idea of like, these aren't necessarily opinions we're talking about. It's like sort of scientific provable facts that this idea of this um, perhaps uh, misplaced virtue of stuffing down your emotions is actually ultimately at the end of the day making it worse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have to hear that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. 
because you, you could skew indulgent. Mm-hmm. 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 My my growth isn't in needing to be more emotional. Right, you're unique. You're very unique. Um, I mean, I mean, all other types, honestly, unique. like ones, all other types. Mo- Twos, fours, fours have the most interesting relationship with emotions. <laughs> you know, I mean, most interesting. I don't know what that means, but yeah, most familiar, most, most intimate, most connected, most in tune. You know, so many I mean, other it's numbers where we're repress. Putting so many of our, it's where we're putting all of our chips in. Yeah, so many other numbers divert, repress, move away from, run away from. I think twos are also probably pretty in touch with their emotions. Hmm. And probably, the emotions of others. In a different way. But, in a, in yeah. a different way, but I think that twos, similarly to fours, aren't quite, they're not quite as scared by emotions mm-hmm. either. Um, now, now, with me with the four wing, I would say <laughs> there are times where I'm just like... <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. I think other people are surprised by this, but I'm like, here comes the emotion. My five wing, I would say 75%, my five wing, my five-ness, 75% of the time says, let's think about that. Yeah. And then the indulgence is <laughs> sadness. And then we're going to, it's like it's it's like it's caught in a big giant um, like net. Yeah. And I'm saying, my brain is going to now chew on this emotion. Ooh, ooh. I'm going to think about it. What is emotion? But you're not going to feel it. No, 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 no. I don't want to feel it. But every once in a while, I can get really into, ooh, like the emotion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's get indulgent about this. Where are you going, Scott? I'm going to go feel an emotion. (laughs) Don't worry about me. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, come back to the party. Nope, 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 nope. nope. There's a big emotion happening here, and I'm going to go... Have it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where my energy's going. In terms of relationship, I, I have, I have quite a few friends, you included, that like has wonderfully made space for like. I need to go process an emotion mm-hmm. and like need to be by myself or not be around people, or I need to process it verbally and like finding people that are going to make space for that is mm-hmm. so helpful. Mm-hmm. Like. And people who are going to, I don't know. I think sometimes like emotional labor gets overridden as like not work and not useful and not totally. productive. Totally. But like I know for myself, if I don't have like a 30 minutes in between a work day and doing something or more than that. So like in between a work day and doing this podcast, I usually need quite a bit of time to emotionally process being digest, digesting the entire day and feeling it and thinking through it and all those things. And then, then I can be more present Mm -hmm. and like, that's me. That's Mm -hmm. just the way I am. Mm -hmm. But finding people who are going to honor and support that is very important. And I don't know if I would be able to sustainably do this if I didn't have emotional processing time. You have to have it. I have to have it. Just like anything else. <laughs> uh, oh, can you imagine? Um, do you know that Macy uh, eats needs breakfast? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. uh, they, they need breakfast. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, they need to eat breakfast in the morning. It's like, yeah, of course they need to eat breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you mean? Why is this even a conversation? I do rarely. They I, need time to process their emotions. They need time to process their emotions. Yeah. Natural. Yeah. Well, I, al- I also think for me, I get so much of my emotional. I love to be, I love to indulge in like warm, fuzzy, nostalgia vibes, friendship me things. Too, me too. So like, relationships are the heart of that. Like I love to get emotional and like somewhat sappy with friends. I'm, I'm not someone who's like shy usually about like wanting to express the way I feel around someone or like, Mm. this is, at least I don't think I am. Um, (laughs) like, I don't know. Ooh, you're being, Mm, no, it's true. It's true, but that surprises me because I feel like you would be that type of person, but actually... That wouldn't? It would. That would. I do feel like I do. Oh, yeah, you do. Sorry. Misunderstood. Okay. Yep. Nope. My <laughs> fault. <laughs> um, like, if I'm feeling something about someone or something, I don't, like, hold back. True. I'm yep. just going to say it and be it and do you it. You are that type of person, yep. Um... And I get very like charged up by that and being mm-hmm. um, honest with people. And I oh, it's one of your greatest want that from other people. Qualities, like yeah. I, if someone's coming over to my house, I don't want them to come over and pretend to be happy <laughs> oh, yeah. if they're not. I don't want any pretending, and I and I'm I, drained by it. If I sense somebody's pretending, I'm yeah, like, you're you're killing me. You're killing me here. Yeah, either leave or or tell me. I mean, honestly, I think you relate to this. There's a there's an eating of emotions with this. Tell tell me you hate this. Yeah. I'm bored. I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh okay, okay. What do you mean? What uh, do you- all of a sudden, realness has entered the room. Yeah. The fakeness, fakeness, kills my soul. Kills my soul. <laughs> kills my soul. Um, yeah. We're so having fun. We're all in the room having fun. <laughs> Isn't this great? Smiling. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't mind as much like in a big group. I don't know. But like if someone's going to come over to my house and pretend things are fine and they're not, <laughs> I don't know. I have a hard time with that. Slash I, I, bored. I hope Yawning, to create sleeping, a, like diverting. I, in terms of my relationships, I really hope that people who are in relationship with me know that I much rather have them be honest with where they're at and I will not be annoyed by it then yes, yes. then them pretend and just go on like things are fine so good don't want that nobody wants that nobody does nobody should want that it's People not about Enneagram anymore uh, all of us need to <laughs> all, all, all of it now it's been about the Enneagram <laughs> now it's not <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but like I think I think the the landing the plane thing that we want to say. Oh my <laughs> gosh. We should have a tally of how many times you've said that. Is uh I mean in terms of relationships, I think one of the points we're going to make in terms in ter- we're having a meandering conversation, but a point I would want to make is I'm I'm looking to be the type of person husband, friend, dad, other who makes space for emotions. Yes, me too. And I'm looking for people that will make space for my emotions. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm a little more urgent. I think you should, you should be just as urgent. There's no sense of like, wait till forty to be urgent. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm like, time is running out. I'm getting more picky. I need, I need 
some people that are going to be really kind and open and curious and spacious about my emotions. Mm-hmm. Not, not, and what I mean by that is um, not bad and good and is this appropriate. It's just right. like the emotions happening and let's make sp- space for it. We We're don't here. know. We're in it. We're so in let's, it. let's be in it together. Are we sad? So that means it's bad and I can tolerate it for now. I can make some space, but gosh, I hope he hurry. This is not good for him. It's not good for me. It's like, we don't know. The, 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 it's, it's, I mean, it's a cheesy phrase, but it's like this idea of wide open spaces. Like, honestly, wide the, open yeah, spaces. <laughs> I need some wide open spaces. I need, I need somebody to not, um, narrate my emotions for me or to tell me what I'm thinking or feeling or to urge me to hurry up move with on. the emotions. That's move on. the yeah. thing. I don't, they want to move on. We don't, don't want to move on. You're going to handle them at the pace you do. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of whatever that person, Susan David. What's her name? Susan David. Susan David. <laughs> In her little TED Talk. Um, oh, it left my brain. What? My thought. Fine. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I guess I'm uh, I guess I'm saying we're advocating for a world. There are so many things that could go off on emotionships, emotions, emotions, and relationships. Oh, let's let's have that be a emotionships, emotionships. Because I could go in in on how essential relationships are for me to get emotional fuel. Like mm. I'm fueled by emotions. That's mm. a driving force for me. So being in relationships with others and them being emotionally honest and real with me is it's like a gift to me, like a gift. Yeah, to you me. know, I will say that it's a, it's a new, it's a new frontier. It's a new frontier for me. What is uh, it's, 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 um, I have no reference point. Uh, uh, and it's new. It's new. What? What is? <laughs> what is what, the reference what, what? point for? <laughs> um, this sense of I mean, we we talk about this idea of you eating emotions. You know, <laughs> interjecting. Yeah, and sort of indulging and in, and 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 well, first of all, first of all, the baseline is you're not overwhelmed by emotions. You're familiar. No. This is the this is the waters you swim in. Mm-hmm. Um. Sometimes I I can be overwhelmed by by your own though it seems. Oh yeah. Yeah, but not. I've never. Oh, hold on. Rarely, I don't know. Experienced you being overwhelmed by my emotions. No, I usually won't, and then I'll right. interject it later. Usually, mm-hmm. I don't know. There was a time where I got angry and you got a little spooked. This is the first youth group of this last year. I yelled at you. Oh yeah. <laughs> I won't keep that in, but <laughs> if people get mad at me and are disappointed in me, yeah, I'm instantly, I'm instantly. But if I'm feeling, if, if I'm feeling sad, I I don't know. The only way I can describe it is this is a new feeling because it's fairly recent. Um, it's not only that you're a safe person to talk to. But it's, I don't know, like the, the, the imagery and the words that are coming to mind are like a doctor. You know, it's like this is, this is you've come to a professional <laughs> with emotions. You know, this is a person who does this for a living. So 
you're in you're in good hands. <laughs> you know. Yeah, there's part of me sometimes when people will come to me with a situation, and I'm like, oh, I've been down this river a few yeah. times. Yeah, you know, and, like and, I know and, some of the pitfalls. I know, I know that. I feel yeah. that. And you are a um, responsible person, but um, <laughs> you are, you are, you are. <laughs> so I feel like I'm in good hands, but I also feel like. Um, Oh, I guess the best way of saying it for now is never would Macy ever be like, get, get, freaking get over it. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is ridiculous. You know, these emotions are silly. You know, yeah, no. stop wasting my time. Yeah. And that, that feels very nice and safe. Like, maybe, maybe sometimes we do need somebody in our life to be like, look, move on. I like, need that. Yeah, I need that we for all need sure. That. I don't offer that to people. Yeah. But but there is a space, there is a time and a place for your wisdom too. Yeah, I think you know? so. I do think that there is, it's, I mean, the if the Enneagram is teaching us anything, it is that we all have certain gifts that we can offer and certain things that we need to pay attention to and words of advice that we need to pay attention mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I do think that for me, it's important that I like live into the potential gift I offer and being like, very open to emotions and offer some sense of comfortability, which I think can provide stability for other people because yes. it's clear. I'm not like, it's clear. I've maybe been there. I don't know. Um, but I do think I, I might, if I only listened to other fours, I would go down a path. Oh, of right, right. <laughs> only fours. <laughs> well, that's the indulgent destruction. Nine's only listening to nines. Yeah. It's only listening to eights. Oh, Holy yeah. crap. So, I mean, like, it's helpful to be friends with a five and friends with a one who can provide some rationale and stability. I can't undermine the amount being friends with a one is for my poor <laughs> chaoticness. Are you supposed to go to one in health? I am supposed yeah, to Yeah, that's really good, health. right? Yeah. Yeah. Some stability. Yeah. Um, yeah, relationships. Emotionships. 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 We should we should we should trademark that. Emotionships. <laughs> Emotionships. Okay. Are we well, we, we also said up? something in our last episode about Shia LaBeouf, like style LaBeouf. Style That's LaBeouf. What our uh, <laughs> recommendation to Alyssa was for her podcast. <gasps> style LaBeouf. Okay. I think we did it, everybody. Uh, I mean, do you have a reading? I I might I might I might want to try to find one. Do you want to try to find one? Um. I'll look at my phone. Okay. Okay, you guys, thanks for sticking. If you're here to the end, thanks for sticking with us for a long emotional was, episode. We just let ourselves go. We did. So, sometimes Emotionally, we, recently mentally. Recently, I've, I've been thinking back and thinking, like, I can tell when we're trying to rush, and it's not a bad episode. Yeah. It's just, like, I'm personally, we, I, we use this phrase, tyranny of taste, creating a podcast that we'd want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And the ones where I feel like we feel the most relaxed and are just letting ourselves meander and pop off is my favorite types. Yeah, I the would ones agree. where I'm like, oh, we got to hurry it along. We're getting like, who, who is, who is telling us to hurry it along? It's our <laughs> own podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's ours. Um, this is the thing: is I think um, it would be great to do an episode on Annie Dillard someday. <gasps> are you bringing Annie Dillard right now? Well, yeah, of course. Oh, bringing the heat. Yeah. <laughs> But um, you should. We should do a whole episode. Oh yes, readings, <laughs> discussions. Uh, sometimes I think maybe we won't do an episode on Annie Dillard someday because we'll just continue to weave Annie Dillard into our episodes. 
She'll just be we could part, do both. Kind but... of looming. Yeah, I mean, it would be so fun. And this is my thing with Annie Dillard is I know there's other authors out there who are probably similar, but she's just the one. It's like seeing someone in a crowd. Yeah. I saw Annie Dillard my whole life. I've been hearing Annie Dillard quotes since I was like in the ninth grade. Yeah. And I was like, someday I have a date with Destiny. And when, with I, Destiny. when I when I when it finally came, it was better it than was you expected. Ten times better than I expected. Um, she's like my she's my ultimate soulmate. Everything she <laughs> says, I'm just like. So I'll, I'm just gonna read the end of this little short reflection, and I know Macy knows this. Macy's read this, but it's about this weasel and this eagle. Oh, it's good. It's about to be good, yeah. everybody. Yeah, <laughs> but I think about emotions. And there is something very raw and animalistic about our emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, something about following our instincts. And so this essay deals with this image that Annie Dillard encountered where she saw a... Um, <laughs> it's really hard to describe, but like a old skeleton of a weasel <laughs> on a... Uh, eagle's neck and when she started reading about weasels she realized that they would yeah yeah (laughs) they would bite and hold on for dear life no matter what and realized that this particular weasel had bit into this eagle and um got lifted up and put into the air and wouldn't let go and Mm. and just kept uh holding on no matter what and died trying to fight and claw and bite at this eagle. And it's a very, again, like the eagle's probably also doing the same thing in its own way. Yeah. But the reflection that she has on this scene that she sees after painting this very gruesome picture, which she is known to do. um, I just think, I think emotions are tied up in this. We are, our emotions are out of control (laughs) to a certain extent. They are. We have no control of them. We We have the experience and in terms of emotional agility and what Susan David was saying, it's like we need to figure out a way to pay attention and honor those emotions. And we didn't really get into that tonight. But Yeah, I think, side note, Yeah, I think we might be illusioned with this idea that you can become in control of your emotions. And I don't think that's true. I think we can pay attention and pay be attention, aware of our listen, emotions. Interpret, honor. Yeah. All those things. But don't, don't, don't. Don't I don't think it's good to try to get this idea of getting them under control. Yeah. It's not going to get anybody anything. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, I'm trying to think of my emotions these days as like a spidey sense for people that know Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like something that's telling you really something really important. Yeah. That you need Data. to pay attention to. Data. Okay. So like I said, this is Annie reflecting on the scene she's seen of a dead weasel still connected like a carcass of a weasel still connected to an eagle, and she's trying to figure out what that means and how it happened. So she's narrating it now. She's described it in detail, and here's how it ends. The reason I'm sharing this is because I feel like, like I said, it's animalistic, it's emotions, it's, it's uh, um, what's the word I want to use? Um, instinctual, you know, it's natural. Those are our emotions. Um, so here's what she says. She says, I missed my chance. I should have gone for the throat. I should have lunged for that streak of white under the weasel's chin and held on, held on through mud and into the wild rose, held on for a dearer life. 
We could live under the wild rose, wild as weasels, mute and uncomprehending. I could very calmly go wild. I could live two days in the den, curled, leaning on mouse fur, sniffing bird bones, blinking, licking, breathing musk, my hair tangled in the roots of grasses. Down is a good place to go, where the mind is single. Down is out, out of your ever-loving mind and back to your careless senses. I remember muteness as a prolonged and giddy fast, where every moment is a feast of utterance received. Time and events are merely poured, unremarked, and ingested directly like blood pulsed into my gut through a jugular vein. Could two live that way? Could two live under the wild rose and explore by the pond so that the smooth mind of each is as everywhere present to the other and as received and as unchallenged as falling snow? We could, you know. We can live any way we want. People take vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, even of silence, by choice. The thing is to stock your calling in a certain skilled and supple way, to locate the most tender and live spot and plug it into the pulse. This is yielding, not fighting. A weasel doesn't attack anything. A weasel lives as he's meant to, yielding at every moment to the perfect freedom of single necessity. I think it would be well and proper and obedient and pure to grasp your one necessity and not let it go, to dangle from it limp wherever it takes you. Then even death, where you're going no matter how you live, cannot you part. Seize it and let it seize you up aloft till your eyes burn out and drop. Let your musky flesh fall off in shreds and let your very bones unhinge and scatter, loosened over fields, over fields and woods lightly thoughtless, from any height at all, from as high as eagles. That's it, everybody. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> um, I think that's it for our episode. <laughs> We're closing it. That's I made it. this awkward. Andy Dillard. <laughs> see you next week, everybody. I just remembered It's like I've been sleeping for you Seeing is better, I can see through these tears. I'm realizing that I bought this ticket, now I'm watching only half of the show. This scenery lights and I cast a